evening, good evening, on this awesome Sunday night, the last Sunday night in September 2020. Oh my word, we had phenomenal service this morning. I went back to church for the first time in six months at the eight o'clock and uh, the nine o'clock service by the grace of God. And we had a tremendous, phenomenal services. So glad to see everybody. So don't forget, next Sunday we'll be back 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. and all the 10 o'clock services and the 12.30 service in Body Bray. And still we broadcast Sunday nights until we figure that one out by the grace of God. And I want to encourage you tonight to share with somebody because we're sharing words. We don't preach just because preaching is preaching. Preaching is explaining. Uh, no, no, proclaiming. Teaching is explaining. And that you can understand what the word said. Not maybe, but what's the, the impact of the word in our lives. Now we're talking about, this is the last service about push. Because next, uh, in October, we start talking about ownership. <laughs> You will discover you don't belong to yourself. That's why we cannot just do what we want to do. And uh, and I spoke this morning apart. I touched on drifting and I want to help you tonight because we must discover what kind of people does God use. Many are called, but only a few are chosen. And that's where the thing comes because it's so important. Now, the word drifting means to move slowly away from the original mark <laughs> or to move slowly, especially as a result of outside forces with no control over direction. Now, this is a, a thing that many people, and there's many stories that you can read how people got on a lilo or a kind of thing in the ocean and they just want to tan you in the shallow water. And then they start drifting and drifting and drifting. And later on, they are miles away from the coast and they're in big danger. Same with our lives. When they send up the first Apollo, they had to make adjustments all the time because they had to connect with the information center if they're on track and they will tell them, go so many degrees left and so many degrees east and, and west and whatever the case may be to hit the moon. And it's the same with us. You need to be in contact with the head office, Jesus and his word continually. Otherwise, drifting can happen. And God doesn't want you to drift because that's a strategy of the enemy. Now, I've, I've put in writing here that drifting also means uh, six signs. And I don't want to speak about the six signs. I want to help you to understand because your calling is under attack. <laughs> this is amazing. If we have so many billion Christians on the face of the earth, how many are living their calling? If we have so many million of Christians in South Africa, how many are living their calling. And this is very important. Otherwise, there's a drifting, busy happening. And in the lockdown, <laughs> now God's not the creator of confusion or calamity. But when it happens, it's to make us aware 
how far did we drift away from the information center, the Bible, the throne of God, being led by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Come on, somebody, by following our own direction and plans. Now, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, Paul said something so profound. And now this is scary because this was a letter written to the church in Galatians, not to sinners. (laughs) You will see when we come to the book of Hebrews, he says, are you so foolish? That's how that scripture starts. Having begun in the spirit, but you end in the flesh. Oh my word. One of the translations says, why are you so stupid? Do you think you can complete the work that God start in by yourself? <laughs> oh my word. That's scary thoughts, you know. Now, now in Hebrews it comes and it says in Hebrews chapter 2, 1, NIV translation, we must pay more careful attention. Therefore, to what we have heard, listen, so that we not drift away. Now drifting starts slowly. And how more you feed that thought and how more you are not in focus, how further you will drift away from God's original intent. And I said it this morning in services and I said it on the broadcast. God only has a plan A for your life. No plan Bs and C and maybe and 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 and. Oh, yes, the, the, the submissive will of God. No, 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 no. God has a plan A. And for me to tap into that plan A, it's a daily thing. And you must discover where you fit in that plan. Romans chapter 12 says, So renew your mind so that you may know. Now, this is the perfect, phenomenal thing. The good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. That's all what God has for us. A good, a acceptable, and a perfect will. That's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, B section, I have come that you might have life, the Zoe life of God, as God has it right now, but that you will have that kind of life in abundance. Now, most people live outside John chapter 10. The first portion is also part of that. The thief, the devil, only comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. Now, if Jesus made that two statements in one sentence, why do you think he warns us the plan, the plots, the strategy of the enemy? Now, now, what will help me to overcome Remember what I said? The level of your revelation is the level of your operation. If you have this kind of revelation about Jesus, this is how small your thinking will be and how small you will live. But if you understand John's revelation, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And the psalmist cries out and they, they quote that same psalmist in Acts. He says, heaven is his throne, earth the footstool of his feet. What kind of a house will we build for God? That God, according to Paul in Ephesians, and we know that's the truth, 
lives inside of us. That's why you need to know and to understand. Knowing is not enough. People say, oh, no, 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 don't talk about me. I know, I, I know. And they can quote you the verse and the commas and the everything. No, no, it's knowing and understanding. And if we can know and understand what scripture meant and what God said, we will save ourselves from a lot of harm, hurt, pain, disappointments, and making wrong choices in life. Now, if Paul says, or the author of the book of Hebrews, he says, we must pay careful attention. Therefore, to what we have heard, that we do not drift away. Then in Colossians, Paul says in 1.23, out of this New Living Translation, he says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. <laughs> firmly on a solid foundation. Don't drift away. Wow. From the assurance you receive when you heard the good news. And then Paul again told the church in Corinth in the second Corinthians chapter 13, five message translation. And I like this one. Test yourself. <laughs> so I must continually test myself to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Whoa. Give yourself regularly checkups. Wow. New cars, every 15,000 kilometers, and they say this now at 20,000, the car must have a service. Somebody came to see me and said, will you go and find me, help me to find a new car? He said, I bought this car brand new. And I never knew I must change the oil and put water in. Now the engine has a brand new car. He said, and the insurance doesn't want to pay out. Now, a car needs checkups. Me and you needs checkups. And that's what the message translation says, 2 Corinthians 13.5. Test yourself to make sure you are solid in the faith. Now, this letter was written to a church who operate in all the gifts, understand the works of the spirit and the, the works of the flesh, who understand what God's love truly is in 1 Corinthians 13. They understand prophecy in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And here Paul comes and he tells the church in Corinth, test yourself. This is a thing that the church will, and don't miss the thing. Test yourself to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along, taking everything for granted. Give yourself regular checkups by reading the word, by praying. Come on, somebody. By attending services, connect in when this broadcast are there. <laughs> test it out. If you fail to test, do something about it. If you fail the test, do something about it. So if I drift along, I can come back on godly assignment and on this narrow road again. Because God's eternal purposes stands forever.
And I want to help you because that means tonight there is something that must lead me. I must be led by the Holy Spirit. Billions of people and millions of Christians and even maybe in our own congregations. People are led by everything except the Holy Spirit. And this is a crucial time. This is crucial. Somebody say crucial. Because the promise, remember what we said, the king is in the harvest. And harvest time is always to bring a separation between the phenomenal grain and all the chaff that needs to be burned or reworked back in soil. And that's where we're going to see the difference. And God depends on his people, on you and me, to change the world, to bring hope, to get the sinner saved. Come on, somebody. We in our personality cannot save anybody but through the gospel. That is the what? What is the gospel? The power of God unto salvation. Oh, my word. We need to preach the gospel. John 20, 21. Just as my father has sent me, I send you. That scripture, even when I sleep, when I woke up, that scripture is all the time. We need to find out the just. And the just happened when I'm let by the Holy Spirit, not by emotions, not by hurt, not by pain, not by unforgiveness, not by my own agenda or my hidden agenda or my underground agenda or by money or by opportunity or by scams or somebody offers you more money and you slip in it. I get texts and messages. Somebody promise my son that or my daughter or my parents that. Uh, in a new job, and now they arrive there, and there's nothing, and and it's for Christians because they're not led by the Holy Spirit, but by anything else. You cannot be led by plans. You need to be led by purpose, God's eternal purposes. Now, in Romans chapter eight, because I have discovered something in my short life with God, and I'm serving God fifty-one years. <laughs> And I've put something in writing. If you do not what God has placed in your life and planned for you, you will eventually do what Satan has planted in your flesh. That means plain, just English. If you're not led by the Spirit, you will be led by the flesh who's connected to demon activity. <laughs> wow. Do you mean we're going to sit tonight and listen to this? Give me a few minutes to help you because it's crucial. I have come that you might have life, that they, and that they is those who are in Christ. He said, my own people, I came amongst my own people and they didn't receive me. Those who receive Christ. He said, but you can, that you can have that life in abundance to the overflow. God never saved you for you only. He never saved you only to make heaven. He never heals you only for you. He heals you so that you can lay your hands on other people. You have the promise and get them healed, set free. Come on, somebody. God doesn't bless you just for you. He bless you. Second Corinthians chapter 9. So that blessings can flow through you to somebody. Then you will get blessings 
that you will get a hundred times more with blessings. That's the promise of God. Now, in Romans, Paul addressed the Christians and he explained, and oh my word, when you read there in and chapter number 8 and verse 9, and it says, but you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit, capital Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, amplify, directs and control you. <laughs> directs and control you. The Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues only and hibby No, no, no. <laughs> it must direct and control you. Hear what he says. He says, he says, if the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, it will direct you and control you. But if anyone does not possess the Holy Spirit of Christ, he's none of his, he does not belong to Christ. He's not truly a child of God. Now, it's there written, and you can see I've highlighted, I'm reading from the Amplified Translation. He says, but if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, the spirit is alive because of the righteousness that he imputes to you. And if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells, come on, somebody say dwells in you, then he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also restore to life your mortal, short-lived, perishable bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Now, this is phenomenal. Then in verse 14, for all who are led by the, how many? All who are led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, are sons. And I put in daughters to help, if you can understand that with God, this is not a gender thing. He says, the Spirit of God are sons of God. Now, this is phenomenal. So then in verse 16, it says, the Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit, Thus testify, together with our own spirit, assuring us that we are children of God. And verse 17, if we are his children, then we are his heirs also. Heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, sharing his inheritance with him. Only we must share his suffering if we want to share to his glory. Now that is a mouthful this night that I'm sharing because God's direction is what we need to follow. Now push until something happens. Push through until the end. It's not him who started. It's him who finished this race that will get the great reward. Say it after me. Say it's not only to start. Many people are starting. 
but be drifting comes in their life and they get focus on the wrong things and they suddenly prosperous and blessed and I had somebody oh God by the grace of God we prophesy them wealthy and when they become wealthy we were still there in station street number one and cry fontaine then suddenly they found fault with the church the chair the chairs are too plastic the carpets are not five shield the roof are asbestos we cannot worship here we need a church with bicycle seats and i mean for the comfort and with expensive carpets and a fine church roof ask me quickly where are those people today read my lips nowhere when bankrupt must the plan of god why because they did not <laughs> been led by the spirit of god distractions came focus thieves they start drifting away and drifting has a phenomenal power and that's why the book of hebrews is a book of warnings <laughs> it warns you said although you receive the truth be cautious that you don't drift away from what you have heard about christ his plan do you think if we from the outpouring of the holy spirit in the book of acts and until now somewhere the church miss the message we try gimmicks we try titles we try position we bring in new revelations and we never set on a firm foundation the very reason jesus came he came to seek the lost to save them to heal the sick to announce to take care of the poor and the widow and the orphan and to announce it's the jubilee year of the lord a year of the captive being set free now the question tonight is while we're talking because there's two powerful words that you mustn't miss out of the scripture what the author paul was saying all who are led by the spirit the holy spirit of god are sons of god two words yieldedness yielding and obedience two words that we don't like because we want to be in control i'll do it my way yeah the bible said oh that's a love god thing oh that's that no 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 what a scripture says scripture is the head office i need remember you're going higher and higher and you cannot miss the target what god has planned the plan a now this is the question tonight does the spirit of god let you know you are born again what does the bible says does the spirit <laughs> how do you know you are born again verse 16 says the spirit himself thus testify together with my own spirit assuring us that we are children of god now that is a phenomenal thing i don't need to operate as a slave or orphan or with guilt or a prodigal i am a legitimate son lower case not the son a son a son of god listen so if he can let you know that's the question tonight 
He can also, if the Spirit of God let you know that you are a son and a child of the living God, the same Holy Spirit can let you know about other things. Will you agree on that? Somebody shout amen here through the television that I can hear or the broadcast, the cameras, whatever. Because if the Holy Spirit can communicate to you that he can also communicate other things. Come on, somebody. Because it flows through us. He can communicate to you God's will, God's vision. And everything he communicates is already in the word. Now, the Holy Spirit's main function or the objective is to bring truth. What did we say is our greatest enemy? God's people are destroyed because of what? Hosea chapter 4, 6. A lack of knowledge. That's why people go in captivity. They become slaves. And the Bible didn't say the Hittites, the Egyptians, the Philistines. God spoke through the prophet Hosea and he says, Because of a lack of knowledge, my people, whose people? God's people. Perish. There's a possibility that you can perish as a son and a daughter of God if you're not, if you kept being led by the Spirit, and there's a possibility that you can drift away. That's why the book of Hebrews tells us make sure. And then when Paul says, he says, test yourself if you are in faith. Listen, go for a checkup through the word. Now, if the Holy Spirit can help us and guide us and lead us in all truth, we must understand because the question in multitudes of people's minds are, why doesn't God use me? Why does God use that one and that one? Why do I suffer like a Wilson toffee? <laughs> Why isn't my life so prosperous and blessed? And that's all the questions we keep on asking. I want to help you with that one out of scripture. What kind of people does God use? Now you'll be amazed. What is the simple, plain answer? Many are called. Matthew 22. <laughs> Many are called. Only a few are chosen. Now, how is it that Jesus said, many are called, but only a few are chosen? Is that many who are called, are they graded by their abilities, by their giftings, by their talents, by their education, by how much money they have and how good they can speak? No, that's not God's way of choosing, choosing anybody. Listen. The people that God called is the ones who are ready. Did you just hear what I said? The ones who are ready. The ones who are ready. Jesus called many people, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And they had to let their nets go or say, follow me. Then they had a list of excuses. They are called, but they were not chosen. Why? Their excuse. What excuse do you have tonight that kept you away to be the few that are chosen?
What excuse? This is the key. One said, a woman I want to marry. The other said, I buy oxen. The other said, a piece of land. The other said, I'm waiting for my father to die. And when I'm burying, then I'll find. They all had these excuses that works in the natural, but never in the spirit world. Now, this is the, let me get serious here. Ten virgins, Matthew 25, verse 10. And... Uh, you will discover the ones who was ready was the one that met with the bridegroom. Oh, my word. The others had excuse because they ran out of oil. And I've said it in many services. Oil was not their problem. Their problem was time. Now, one of the signs that you are drifting is when the time that belongs to God, the first day of the week, Sunday, you start doing different things and you have no longer time for God. Did you hear how the Bible says God is a jealous God? He doesn't want to share you. He said, give me the first portion of everything, time, words, money, everything. Give me that first portion and you will see what happens with the rest. Now, this is so phenomenal. Because you must be open for God's direction. What's the two powerful things when somebody asks me, how did you make it through this difficult time in life and 46 years in ministry? Remain meek and be teachable. Be a humble person. Spoke about that, I think, last week, how to be led. And be teachable. Be open for change. What you have learned is not always to say you're right. And we hate change because we want to be in control. We'll, we'll, we'll rather be prideful and not say, I'm going to change my way of thinking. No, you want to argue your way through and say, this doesn't work and that doesn't work. It's in the Bible, but it doesn't work. You have a big problem. You are drifted away from the original plan of God, the only plan that carries the guarantee during this life that you're going to make it. Now, the key for your significance and success, significant success, is yieldedness or and obedience. Matthew 7, a man was building a house, and what did he do? He followed the instruction. He listened. Jesus said, I'll show you how he's a man that hears the word and do the word. It's like a man building a house, but he builds it on a firm foundation. Why? Because he heard the word and he did the word. When floods and storms and rain come, the house was not affected. It remains standing. Every Christian on the face of the earth in this last six months, who are in lockdown with coronavirus, an unseen little thing that you cannot see, they can tell you the symptoms, and I know it's, there's a reality to it, that was not built on the solid rock. Somewhere, they missed the plan. They are tested. And that's why fear and anxiety and money issues and marriage issues and church issues and government issues had a great effect on their lives. 
Now, what is the thing? What kind of people? Israel chose a king. It was not God's choice. It was their king. They choose the king. They were all the time guided by prophets, by a word from God. Now they need, a, they were guided by the spirit of God speaking through a man. Now, no, no, no. Now they need a physical person that they can look up a replacement. <laughs> and listen what happened. God instructs Saul. He was the chosen one to slaughter everything, kill it as a, 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 a big sacrifice unto the Lord. And then what Saul did, he drifted away because he was not led by the instruction of the Lord. He suddenly saw with his carnal eyes the fat oxen, the fat sheep, and he spared some people's lives while God said, kill all, let it be like a curse. Oh, my word. And then the prophet Samuel, God's original plan, came back. And he spoke to the king. And he asked him. He said, my word, what's the noise that I hear? I hear some sheep and I hear some animals. And didn't God say, he said, yeah, well, I, I was thinking. Now, that's stinking thinking. Not every thought in our mind is a God thought. Not every reason and logic is from God. <laughs> Come on, somebody. He said, I thought I'll bring it and sacrifice it unto the Lord. <laughs> he said, I took from the spoiled sheep and oxen. He says, and the chief of the things to be utterly destroyed, but to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Now Samuel's answer in verse 22, 1 Samuel 15. Samuel said, has the Lord then a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice? What's important? Not what Samuel uh, Saul planned. God said, this is what needs to be. Obedience is the key. Obedience, yielding. To the voice of God, yielding to the word of God. That's the kind of people that God wants to use and God's going to use because God knows he can trust you. He says, has the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. Verse 23. Now listen how he described people who doesn't yield and obey to God. Aren't we redeemed by the blood? So will you agree with me tonight? We don't belong to ourselves. Who saved us? Jesus. How? By giving or gave up his life, shed his blood, died the most horrible death on the face of the earth. We belong to him. And he paved the way. He said, I am the light. I am the what? The way and the truth and the life. So this is the key. If you want to follow me, deny yourself. Give up your rights. Start flowing in the spirit. Now that means be led by God's Holy Spirit according to his word. He says, for rebellion. Ooh. Many or Christians don't practice witchcraft, but they operate in it. 
Gustav, what do you mean? No, I know you wanna, you 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 are so you wanna push the cut off button now, and I wanna listen. No, let me help you. It's in the Bible. Rebellion is the sin of witchcraft. Wow. God's original plan. If we miss it, rebellion is gonna happen. Drifting and stubbornness. Here are the two things why people don't. They're rebellious and they're stubborn and it's connected to witchcraft in as idolatry and terrifying household good luck images. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. That's telling Saul now. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. He didn't say, I repent and I'm sorry. Now listen, Right out of his declaration, he went in the blaming business. And then he revealed his own heart. He says, he says, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words. Now he says, why? Because I feared the people and I obeyed their voice. He becomes blaming. He blamed uh, Sister Sandpaper, Brother Socks Brother Wine Bottle, and Sister <clears throat> Whiskey Bottle Legs for his mistakes. Now God said, I have a personal thing. You called to be the king. You, the Israel has chosen you. I don't you, you Israel. Now, now, now I pray you, pardon my sin and go back with me that I may worship the Lord. He didn't say, look, he said, I have sinned. He didn't say, Lord, forgive me. I am sorry. No, that pride kept him. Now he wants to correct quickly. <laughs> and he needs to do it right there. He says, now I pray and pardon my sin and go back with me that I may worship the Lord. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. Now, <clears throat> the one is the shadow in the New Testament. The Old Testament is the shadow, the one overshadow. And the example is here. If I don't follow the instruction and been led by the Spirit, I cannot operate for what I have been called as a king, as a priest, and as a prophet. Wow. That is such a powerful stuff, this. Do what God tells you. Oh, tithe this Old Testament. No, I'll do it my way. Somebody said, I don't operate in that. You know, everything I have belongs to God. But they never, they stingy. They want to bless. God bless, doesn't bless stingy people. They never testify. They can never win somebody. They want to catch fish in the swimming pool. Fishing for Jesus, fishing for Jesus. Where? In the swimming pool, not in the white ocean. The fish in the swimming pool was lost one time. They caught. They want to work just amongst the church people. No, I'm called just, no, no, God called you. That's right. We need to disciple the people. But he called you also to win the lost for any cost and make them disciples. Anything less than John chapter 20, 21, that's scary, is exactly what Saul, South Africa, 
and the world has experienced right now. Because we have a promise from God. We don't have a weak Jesus and a strong devil. We don't have a weak Jesus and a strong order of darkness. We don't have a small Jesus and a, a strong world order. No! We have a strong Jesus, the same spirit that rose him from the dead is in you. We have a great Jesus, the great I am lives inside of us. And we have power to overcome every world over, every coronavirus, every chip. <laughs> Whatever there is, you have the authority. <laughs> Daniel was thrown in the lion's den and God shut the mouth of the lion. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. But the one who is the great fire, the holy power of God, was with them and around them. They didn't even smell. The people that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel into the burning fiery furnace after they heated up seven times more, they were toasted, barbecue, cremated, and burned. But God's people were protected. Now, if it's without the blood, how much more? with the blood of Jesus. Let me get into this. Listen, this is very important tonight and we're nearly going to close. What kind of people does God use? We said people who are ready. Turn to me, with me to the book of Luke, chapter number one. Maybe you have not a physical Bible, you sit with yourself, good. Turn to Luke, <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, Luke chapter 1. <laughs> we have a grandson. He's double anointed Matthew Luke. I call him sometimes Lucky Luke. <laughs> Luke chapter number 1. Listen, what kind of people does God use? Here is two people, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And the Bible says, in verse number 6 of chapter 1. And they both were righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all... It didn't mean <laughs> they didn't make mistakes. Now listen, you must understand this thing. What it is to walk in righteousness. They're walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Wow! They yielded and they were obedient. What did they do? They walk blamelessly. Come on, that's the scripture. In all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Now that's the kind of people that God used. Zechariah and Elizabeth. <laughs> now why them? What, 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 what? God, why do you use Zechariah and Elizabeth? She was barren and uh, he, he couldn't hardly believe when the angel of the Lord said, you're going to have a son. But they, the people God used, listen, the other translation says they were obeying fully. If you want to operate in the fullness of God, let's stop this nonsense right now tonight of more programs, of more conferences that's just a program. If it's not focus on what Jesus said, 
just as my Father has sent me, I sent you. We are in trouble. Listen, that's why this is a wake-up call. There's a clarion call coming to get us delivered from ourselves and to live the life of Jesus, yielded, obeying fully. Another translation says, they were approved in God's sight. Wow. If you hearken and obey to the voice of the Lord your God, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1, all these blessings will come upon you. Verse 15, if you don't hearken and you don't listen to the voice of the Lord your God, all these curses will come upon you. Not God cursing you. It's by choice. What? You may have revelations in all areas. I've seen it. People believe in healing. They believe in salvation. They believe, but they don't believe in giving. Now they are living a healthy life, but they are cursed in their finances. Other people are believing in money, and all other, but they don't believe God can heal. You see, this is the full counsel of God is important. Because obey means he tells you to do and you do it. Oh, this morning in the church, I went, Nancy, I'll count out some money and uh, I put the tithes in two different envelopes for the two services. And then I had extra money and I put some here at, and, and in my inside pocket and other here. And in the service, in Africa service, God told me to start giving people money who squeak and respond. And I thought, okay, it's a few hundred. But in the second service, oh Jesus, I gave away a few thousand. And God said, just do it, just follow and it's simple how it worked. But because I had to demonstrate what God wants us, money is a tool. Everything you have is a tool. Don't let tools make it the majors while it's only a tool to help you complete your assignment and unlock the greatness inside of you. Because what God tells you if you obey if he said stop, you stop. If he said turn, you turn. If he said go left, you do it. Don't argue and say, no, I want to go right. <laughs> People say, God sent me here to love now. And after a time, a week, two weeks, three years, five years, six years, they say, God, somebody came to him and said, God has just changed his mind now about me. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> a man came to me, he said, the pastor phoned me and I've told the story. He said, this so-and-so, he said, God gave him the instruction to give this pastor a million. He said, because he said, God changed his mind. He was supposed to give you the million, but because he's angry with you, the person, not God, now he changed his mind. I said, don't even bargain on the million because all the years he has been here, he didn't even give 10 bucks. So don't worry about the million. You see, we have these stupid carnal things that sounds religious. We paint them in. I'm a painter, I can mix colors and get gold and all kinds of colors. But it's not really gold, it's not really black. I took some two different colors and three and mix it together. Now I have a black color, but in there is a green or a yellow or a red or whatever. You see, this is the things that we must stop. Church of Jesus Christ all over the world, stop! So that we can be the people 
that can yield to the Holy Spirit and say, God, here am I. It's a daily choice. Your, your flesh and your carnality doesn't want to do it. I want to do it. Now, now I'm going to do it just as I've done it 2019. No! Stop the things. We must do it as God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Find out how God is operating, what God is doing right now. Move on his time zone and do it just because I remember John G. Lake said three fast ones, two slow ones. The fast ones we call praise. The slow ones we call worship. And I remember when we start singing English in Afrikaans. Years ago, we just did Afrikaans. I had people left. Say, no, not English. You miss God. <laughs> now, where are they today? Nowhere. That's not because they came to law. No, no, you, you, wherever God said, wherever, wherever, wherever. This is a mixed audience that we have. And amongst us are Catholic people and Baptists and Presbyterian and Anglicans and Dutch Reform a lot and, 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 and Reformed and whatever it may be that are listening right now. This is the thing. Just what he tells you. That was the best instruction Mary gave these disciples to and the people at the wedding. Just what he tells you to do. Do it. If they didn't follow the instruction, the water wouldn't turn into wine. Now we miss the small. No, I need a bigger revelation now. No, no, no. You need to have the basic, the foundation to build strong in your life because heaven depends on you to rule as a king, to have access as a priest, to prophesy over your life. Death and life is in the power that you can speak, decree, and declare whatever God says. Now, this is the thing. Listen, family, you pass the test when you do what God tells you to do. You pass the test. The passing of the test is when you do and you build your life on the word. If you don't build your life, there's going to be tests. There's going to be viruses and swine flus and what flus. But because you build your life on the strong foundation, the word. Jesus said, I'll show you how as a person that hears the word and do the word. And then he shows you how are a person that hears the word and don't do the word. He said he built also built a house, he built a life, but the test came when coronavirus came and lockdown came and financial collapses happened. And when the storms of life came and the floods of life came, that house collapsed because he didn't build on a solid rock. Very important. Then you will be led by the flesh, emotions, hurt, opportunity. Oh, by, you will be so mesmerized by uh, everything. Maybe God wants to send you to an island where nobody has ever been, where there's poor people. And the only thing you can take with is your Bible, one set of clothes, and your coffin if they murder you. <laughs> That's how the, the people did it in the old time, the missionaries. Now, now I see some of you say, oh, no, 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 Jesus. Keep me in Greifontein. Keep me in Prakenfeld. Keep me in Joburg. Keep me in Dubai. Keep me, keep me in Germany. Keep me in No, no, you never know. Now, God will never give you assignment. If he doesn't know, you cannot do it. And we've all got the same assignment. Be new creatures, the ministry of reconciliation, and be the ambassadors. Let me get into this. You become approved and test. And God can use you and bless you. Did you hear, just hear what I said? 
you come approved and you are tested by obedience. And God can bless you. Not because he's a respecter of a person. No. But because you pass the test. That's why God can trust you. If you're faithful in the little things, God can trust you with much more. It's small things that God can test you, but it ends in big things. Wow. You obeyed fully. <laughs> and the difference between you that obeyed fully and they obeyed, obeyed partially is you end up in big things. They end up in limited things where they are. And that happened with Samuel. Now verse 20. See how powerful our words may be in the scripture. Now behold, you will be and will continue to be silent and not able to speak at Zechariah that couldn't believe that, you know, God called him and he's going to have a son, him and, and, and Elizabeth. Till the day when these things take place, because you have not believed what I told you, but my words are of a kind which will be fulfilled in the appointed and proper time. How powerful are our words. Listen, it's not a maybe word. How powerful are your words? Our words can hinder or interfere God working in our lives. Because verse 26 says this. He says, now in the sixth month, after that, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth to a girl never have been married and a virgin. And then the scripture tells us all the things that happened. Verse 38, the question is, Mary had to say, and the angel tell her the impossible Humanly speaking thing. You cannot become pregnant <laughs> without the seed of a man. And she knew it. But here the angel said, you're going to become pregnant. You're a virgin. You're going to give birth as a virgin. And she said, how is this possible? She argued and confused and asked all these questions. And then he says, for with God... Or let's read verse 36. And listen, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is now the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, say with God, nothing is ever impossible. Did you just hear that word? Nothing is ever impossible and no word from God shall be without power or impossible of fulfillment. Then Mary said, Behold, I am a handmaiden of the Lord. What kind of people does God use for his big stuff? That's the question. People who will not argue with God. Listen, people that says, yes, Lord, here am I. That's what Mary did. She said, let it be done then unto the handmaiden of the Lord, according to the word, thy word. Never argue with God what God has planned and purpose for your life. He called you to change the world. He called you for the great harvest. The great harvest as everybody or the great revival that must happen now that everybody talk about. 
if we don't build on the basics and on the basis and on a strong foundation, that harvest will not produce a billion souls that are disciples of Jesus to evangelize the whole world. Wow. Very important. Very important. Because when God called Abraham, Genesis 22, Abraham, listen what he answered God. Here I am. <laughs> That's all what you can answer God because you are in a blood covenant through Jesus with God. When God calls you, here I am. Then the Lord said, go and sacrifice the son you love. If he said, go and sacrifice your son, he would, of course, choose Ishmael. But he loved, he said, the one that you love, Isaac. And Abraham first didn't Google. He first didn't sit with the calculator and work out if it's going to work. He didn't think how in the world first say, let me consult Sarah. The Bible says the very next morning, Abraham made ready. And he took the donkey, his son Isaac, the knife and the wood for the fire, and the two servants, and they went. What kind of people does God use? People who are willing, that will not argue or fight with the voice of God. Now, how do you become more sensitive to the voice of God? Thank you for asking, and I'm coming in for a landing. You yield to him. Yielding is a word that we don't want to hear. We don't like it. In the old Pentecostal days, yielding was, woo. I saw people dance in the spirit blind and they didn't trample on one person. I've seen people dance in the spirit between the pews. They didn't bump anybody and didn't push the things. I've, what was the key? Yielding, yielding, yielding to the spirit of God. That's the key of the great move of God, yielding, yielding to God's word first. It's the word and the spirit. It's not only the spirit. If it's only the spirit, we're going to blow up again. But if it's only the word, we're going to dry up. You look like Texas jerky, viscous bokum. <laughs> but when you have the spirit and the word, you grow up in a giant if God can trust you with little, somebody prophesied one time to me and he said, because God said you were faithful. And I, after this, I said, God, do you really think I'm faithful? Yes. I'm not boasting about it. You were faithful in the little. Faithful when you didn't have a car. Faithful when you didn't have money. Faithful when you have all the odds against you. But you remain faithful by the grace of God. Now, this is the thing. How do you become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit? How more you yield to Him, how more you will be aware of Him, of God. The less you respond to Him, the less you will be aware of Him. Come on, somebody. Because this is a key. <laughs> When he deals with you, you respond. When God says, do this, do it. Even if you don't know the outcome right now, he will never tell you to do a thing that will harm you. He will always tell you an instruction. Every instruction, every promise is connected to instruction. He will direct you. 
so that you can obey. Ephesians 5.18 Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled. Continually filled. And then that, the one's translation says they were happy. <laughs> Be filled with the Spirit. It's not a Sunday thing. Not a thing when you just start being filled with the Spirit and you start speaking in tongues. No, no. Be continually filled because you leak. And because the circumstances, life, you get tired, uh, you deal with things, you need to make decisions and choices, and your, your, your emotions, and uh, be continually filled with the Spirit by praying in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Because this is the key word. When God gives you direction, respond. If he says pray for somebody, pray for that person. If he says get up in the middle of the night and pray for Gustav, don't say, oh Jesus, Gustav is okay, I saw him. No, there can be a reason that God asks you. If God gives you a warning, heed to the warning. That's why that scripture that we use, check yourself up continually. Come on, somebody.